good, family? Thank you for tuning in to the newest episode of Grits in the City podcast, better known as Girls Raised in the South and the City. I'm your girl, Drea G. I'm Tasha, also known as the Black Rogue. And we are the Grits. By the time you guys check this out, 4th of July will have passed. So, you know, what you got what you, what you got planned for the, the 4th, Tasha? I don't celebrate that damn day. You know what? And you dead ass right. And you dead ass right for not celebrating that day. And I was just telling somebody this, like, you know, I don't think black people, I mean, we don't really need an excuse to, like, you know, cook and, like, congregate. We do that all the time. Shit, shit, all the time, especially in the summertime. It's only appropriate. But, yeah, we don't really celebrate that. And you know what? I'm just going to say shout out to Sean King because we don't. And, you know, this week, like, I follow him on social media and, like, I'm seeing, like, these pretty much basically these concentration camps, you know, that are in Texas and just in various parts. And, you know, while while we're celebrating or, you know, Americans are celebrating that, I, I'm just thinking, like, really, like, how, like, patriotic is that just for just human rights, just period. But, you know. Yeah. Sad thing, sad thing. Mm. So this is going to bring us to our drink to that, pour it up segment. So yes. it's so much that we experienced these, <laughs> this past week. Yes. Um, With everything from Spike Lee Block Party. Yes. I How do you like a, it? That was, I, I enjoyed the vibe. I got there mad late though. Mm. I saw you there. Um, shit was different. <laughs> I got there mad late, but I, you know, the vibe is always there. I love it. You know, from the the murals and just the energy of the people, the pro blackness, the the vendors outside. Yes, that you know, just the whole blackness and the whole experience, and it was yeah. beautiful outside. Yeah, it was straight. I mean, it wasn't as like the previous years. I felt like it was a little bit more pop in the previous years, but it was still like they fun said- to be around. Yeah, they, I said, they said that Maxwell performed. I don't know who, whom else performed, but I, I heard... I saw Rosie Perez on stage. Okay, okay. So it was like their anniversary, so... Of Do the Right Thing. It was mm-hmm. their 30th anniversary, so that was dope. So it was dope. Um, it was also a lot going on, because Spike Lee was talking about the trade with Kevin Durant. Yeah, Because he was mad at Kevin Durant didn't go to... Um, the Knicks, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that was a lot going on. I'm... I'm I'm happy because I'm trying to date Kevin Durant. So if you're out there, you listen to the podcast, hold on, hold on. and you know Kevin Durant, <laughs> tell him to come on the show before we can make this love connection. <laughs> and Kyrie Irving, did yeah. he? Is he going to the Brooklyn Nets? Is, yeah, he's well? going to. He's okay. going to, and they got um they traded uh, Brooklyn traded D'Angelo Russell, and I actually saw him in the club a couple of weeks ago. Oh, interesting. He's fine. He's fine. He was with Carmelo. Okay. Yeah. Is D'Angelo Russell, is that the one that's With the little twist, dreads. I don't know. No, no. That's okay. somebody else. Okay. But yeah, okay. he was somebody in club. else. <laughs> he was in a club. And I'm like, he going to the Lakers. Okay. It's a lot of stuff happening. Yep. And you know what else is happening? Uh, Holly. Holly Bailey of Chloe and Holly. They, um, she actually just snagged a really big role. Ariel in the, the live action film, Little Mermaid, like Little Mermaid, is like my favorite Disney movie, like ever, like seriously. So it's gonna be like a Disney movie. It's gonna be like a cartoon movie. It's gonna be like real characters. It's gonna be a real life. It sounds like or looks like 
seems like it's going to be a real life adaptation of it. Mm. Um, so she going to keep her little cute little dreads? I don't Locks. know. They may have her. I don't know. They made right, but I saw um, a, a character today online, and she had black hair instead of Ariel's signature red hair. Mm. So I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if I want her to be a redhead in it, you know, to keep that that. But I like the fact that they casted her, and I think that she would make a great addition. And I think that they casted. Um, Melissa McCarthy is her name. Mm-hmm. That's the one that's been in like uh, Bridesmaids, like the mm-hmm. funny woman. Like she, she does a, She's been in a lot of films. Mm-hmm. But so shout out to to Holly. What else is going on, Lil Kim? Yes, my bitch, mm-hmm. Little Kim. She has the show coming up. Yeah, the reality TV show. I think with all these girls and shit. It's a uh, Maya Chili, Pretty V. B. Simone. They all got this girl's trip. I was uh, watching the trailer. It seemed very interesting, but I just don't, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to watch it just because little Kim is in it and, and Maya and Chili. And hopefully Chili ain't out there still trying to look for man, Lord. Hopefully she, it's not another reality TV show like that. Hopefully she found someone already. She's just going fine. on a girl's trip. Just Chili living her best fine. life. She like, is fine, literally, but you know. She, literally, like, and the, the show Girls Cruise, like it's gonna be lit. It it has all those people in it. Little Kim, all all of the like the two thousand it girls, the nineties it. Girls. Mm, they trying to come back, girl. I don't even know if they trying to come back. They still doing their thing. Little Kim is preparing to drop an album. Okay. Maya is still torn. She just dropped an album. And have you seen her? Her body yeah. is crazy she as young, it's always girl. been. She young. She's not young. You know, Maya is like. 38. That's young. It is young. Ain't like she in her it, 40s, 50s. No, no, no. It's not like that at all. And she don't have no damn kids. She's a vegan, too. Like, she is snatched. Girl. She should look good. She, she no look kids. good. Skin looks good. Everything. And so, you also have, like you said, the newcomers, the Pretty V and the Beast Moans. Mm. So, kudos to them. That, that sounds dope. And they're going to be the shows around them selling the Caribbean seas, you know, doing their thing and, you know, having girl kikis and all that the show airs july 15th so, so wait a minute so we're gonna be watching them on the, on the ocean the yeah. whole season yeah i guess i mean I guess. it's probably only gonna be about four or five episodes you know mm-hmm. how much you know you don't need to be watching them on sea like that we can just watch one episode i'm i'm sure that they're gonna you know anchor somewhere and probably be go to these islands if my girl Kim and Maya and and the rest of the girls are part of it, I'm sure mm-hmm. it's gonna be lit. So all right. Let's toast it up to all, right. all of our pour it up ease, mm-hmm. <laughs> our toasties. Cheers. Cheers. So this is gonna kick it off to our G Code segment. And that's where our grits, we give our cardinal rule of the week. Our cardinal rule of the week, you know, our survival tip for New York City, be yourself. It's so many times that, I mean, I don't know about you, Tasha. I've seen so many people come to the big city, like, not fully knowing themselves. And I came here super young as well. Or they're worried about if they fit in. Um, But you know what? I was talking to somebody recently and they explained, they just, or their thought process. And I thought that it summed it up perfectly. You know, NYC is pretty much like an island of misfit toys, like, we all fit in. Like, you can be exactly what you want to be. So just 
don't put on airs. Just be yourself. I like that. Yeah. Look at people like Cardi B. Like, Cardi B is literally, like, where she is right now for simply just being her authentic self. And just think, if we were just more true to that, I think we'd be more, more like, much more further sometimes. Yeah. So, that's going to kick it off to our main segment today, the Southern Sound Off. And today... We're actually talking about, what are we talking about, Tasha? We're talking about colorism. Yeah, colorism in the South versus the North, and if there's any differences in the history behind it. So we're going to have that chat today. Hmm. That's, is that heavy? or I feel like it's an important talk. It's, it's like day-to-day still. Right. We still go through the it's same issues. day-to-day. I mean, it's still some relevant, like, we've seen it so much lately, and we're going to touch on it later, but. We see it a lot thrown around, like in entertainment, a lot from the Chris Browns to lyrics and people, you know, feeling certain types of ways, even to Tory Lanez, music videos, things like that. So let's let's get into it. For me personally, I don't know how you feel about all of this, but to me, I feel like it all started with colonizers. Well, I don't know, maybe even before, because even... We got issues in our motherland. Because they were colonizers. They colonized our motherland. They They, colonized everywhere. This is true. So I feel like it all started when, you know, certain people start colonizing and embedding their beliefs and traditions on several different countries. Mm. And now that just created a whole concept behind that. People feel that anything close to dark or darker is is evil or or bad. or Or inferior. Yes. Basically, like when you look at other countries or even when you look at entertainment, for example, when you look at movies, why is every character when they have like an evil villain and a good villain, the evil villain for white people is a brunette. She has darker features. And then the good person, the savior is a blonde and blue eyes. Right. Every connotation for dark is evil mm-hmm. or bad, bad or right. violent something like that so i just feel like you know that's where it all came from originated from so no true and i feel like it it was projected onto us to a degree because even when you think about the slave trade and you hear stories about how you know in certain you know communities how it was some of our own people that initiated a trade you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and maybe colonizers had gotten into their minds and, you know, had them feeling a certain t- type of way towards, you know, their people. But it's definitely permeated because, you know, it's it's permeated even when slavery was at its peak. You know, yeah. when we talk about the house slave versus being in the field slave and just mm-hmm. how it just continued to permeate and how it continued to kind of pit, you know, us against one another because one was darker, mm-hmm. obviously, and then one was lighter and fairer and looked upon as more trustworthy yeah. and more worthy, just period. Yeah, even how the slave masters, they treated the darker slaves. Right, we were th- three-fifths of a person at yeah. the time. And they looked at the darker slaves as being animals. That's why they put them out on the field. And and then they also raised their children to, to hate the darker-skinned slave. Right, and in turn, we ended up hating ourselves 
you know, because that was what was, you know, reflected and that's what we were kind of seeing and that's what we were taught to kind of value about ourselves. So, I mean, even though we progressed a lot in this day and age, we still have so like many vestiges and just so many remnants like of the past Mm -hmm. that I feel like we don't deal with enough. Like we don't really, like we kind of sweep it under the rug and we're like, oh, preferences and da 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 But it's just like, you know, I just feel like it's not just black people. I feel it's like not. It's, it's society in general. Like when you look like I work in advertising. So when you look at different ads, like for me, I was on one account, which was a luxury a, a diamond jewelry account. Mm-hmm. And um, it was for magazines. So when you look at the ads that they placed, it was a white woman and they were selling these ads, these ad spaces and magazines in in countries that were Asian populated mostly. Hmm. So you mean to tell me they can have a white woman advertise a white woman in that country and not an Asian woman. That's because they probably felt that people in that country that they had those magazines looked at white women as some type of prestige because they're selling this luxury item there. So it's just like, damn. Right, right. And even, you know what, you even mentioned that. Like, okay, so what was going on where it was the H&M campaign that was running where the little boy was the coolest monkey in the jungle? And that was in another country, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, you know, we... These things are happening everywhere. And even like, you know, when we we see these brands that are like, you know, bringing to life. Who was that that did that? Uh, Gucci and Prada. Yeah. Like one, like a whole black face. And it's just like, okay, like we've all. That's how they see us. Like we've all been here long enough to know, like if you went to school here, like you've read history books, like, you know, Mm -hmm. and even if you didn't like, come on, like you can Google, you can educate yourself. Like it's just too much knowledge out there. I just feel like when you have privilege, you don't don't really need to educate educate yourself. You don't have to because (laughs) you're naturally, you know, so for sure. That's why a lot of people want to educate themselves. Even when you look at uh, Beyonce, Rihanna in different countries, like in the past, I know you probably have seen them, those advertisements where, you know, Beyonce looks lighter in some countries or Rihanna looks lighter in some countries. Right. But in it, and, and even with them, those are two fair skinned women already naturally. Mm-hmm. They don't need any lightning because they're already fair skinned. And so lightning probably does all sorts of stuff. But, but Beyonce had a little tan when she first came out. I don't know. But she also had dark hair when she came out. And now she yeah. also has light hair predominantly most of the times. And when you do that, it changes up. But yeah. even to these other artists, these brown skinned women that are, that feel like, especially within entertainment, mm-hmm. like, it's harder like Kelly Rowland and the mm-hmm. Beyonce thing and how Matthew Knowles was saying mm-hmm. pretty much he didn't like if Beyonce wasn't fair skin like it probably would be harder to to get her to where she is that's a sad yeah, statement crazy, to say man. but but when we think about it that's not necessarily true because you have artists like Brandy that in her time she ain't no Beyonce Brandy but she's different because Brandy is a vocalist and Brandy is the vibe the Bible vocalist, and she was that girl. She was, but she's she not was Beyonce. that girl. Beyonce, Beyonce is, the is shit. Beyonce, she me, is like me, worship. Let me tell you, I get it, but Brandy's voice is not. It is it, is no, like nothing compares to her voice. Period. Beyonce is an entertainer. She is a performer. 
that's what she gives you. Mm -hmm. She gives you voice and she gives you performance, and that's great. But I'm just simply saying that in brand. But Kelly Rowland was is a performer too. She can dance just like Beyonce. True, and she can but, sing but when just we, like but when we, when we, in her solo career, right, never launched. Right, crazy for Brandy in that time. Brandy was that girl, so it's not like. I don't know. We, we hadn't seen that she was. She had TV shows. She had a Barbie doll. Brandy was that girl. Like, she really was. And so whether we, like, we really realize it, but Brandy was that girl first. And I feel like now it's even harder for, like, women of color and, and darker women of color. As that's always been the thing, though, because that's what society has always reflected, you know? Yeah, like, even in other countries, like, you see Nigeria, even some Caribbean countries where they have bleaching cream mm. and they sell bleaching cream and shit. And we do that stuff here in in, in, this, in the States Yeah, we as do well. that here in the States because they got all that. I don't even trust Ambien. Y'all, y'all trust Ambi? I don't trust I, that shit. You know what? <laughs> That's a childhood thing, unfortunately. I don't trust none of that you shit. You know, to even you out. I don't even know. I ain't trying to look like Michael Jackson, rest to, his soul. You know, you don't do it all the time, but you know, to like, if you get a scar on your face or something. I ain't something, trying to fuck up my face, get passions, no You know, Lord. but that's crazy. Mm -hmm. But those are things, too, that like, you know, I, I grew up seeing and seeing my, my grandmother like use this type of stuff. But, mm -hmm. like, she was a brown-skinned woman, though. You shit. Know? I went to Cuba one time, and they got colorism issues and mm. shit. And, and what's that Cuban, uh, the uh, the baseball player, Sammy Sosa? Mm. No, no, yeah. he's not Cuban. He, is he Dominican? I forgot. But he got that, uh, what do you call that, bleaching cream. And he messed up himself. Lord Jesus. Mm. And then he was proud about that shit, too, after he did all that shit. Sammy Sosa is Dominican. Oh, my bad. My bad. I'm messing up Cuba. <laughs> But yes, but Shit. even him, like, he literally changed his whole facial hue. Like, mm -hmm. he doesn't, I mean, like, he literally looks like, you know, when the morticians put, like, Lord, Jesus. yeah, he they does. make he you up. <laughs> like, Shit, he could at least got that Michael Jackson shit. Because like, Michael Jackson looks decent. I just don't understand, like, you know, what is it mm. to where we are so uncomfortable in the skin that we're in? And I get, you well, know, the, the outside notions and what people put on, you know, project on us. But still. Well, I think it's all because of, you know, society, basically. And, like, colorism, the effects of colorism is a lot. Right. In terms of everywhere. Like it's capitalism and democracy and issues. And we see it in our advertisement. We see it everywhere job we go. opportunities. It's differences. Stereotypes like towards, you know, certain groups, darker women. They stereotype them as being loud, ghetto. Like right. I have been like, they tried me at my job one time um, when I had a, a meeting with HR. And um, I was just simply saying, um, I gave them a sheet of paper showcasing all the work that I do for my team. And then the HR lady said, oh, you can come across as aggressive. You can come, like, she used those stereotypical and was she, words. What, what race she was, was she? She was white. Mm. I'm like, literally, ma'am, I gave you a sheet of paper. How am I aggressive by giving you a sheet of paper? Showcasing all the work that I've been doing. So it's just like, shit, it, it reaches everybody, you know, these stereotypes. So not only is uh, stereotype, it's like it also gives people low self-esteem. Like, like when you look at entertainers, yo, yeah, entertainer friends, shit. Right. And we look at, I mean, especially right now, like even when we were growing up, like, yes, you look at to what's popular or what's trendy, what we see on TV or like mm -hmm. what we see our celeb, you know, faves rocking or doing. So we do things, you know, we wear extensions, yeah. we wear color contacts. I grew up, you know, doing that 
But like, I wouldn't dare think of doing that at the age that I am now, mm. you know, but those are things that you do and you think it's trendy. But now I know that I don't have to do any of those things and I'm fine just the way I am. And then you mentioned the color context. Like, you know, that's even a part of colorism to me because look at Tiny. Tiny went all the way overseas and I her daughter. Tiny. I don't, I can't. All the way overseas to get these blue Contact. But I will say that they were a health risk. And see, Zanique had to take them out because mm -hmm. she was in danger of going blind. So I don't advocate doing anything at the expense and at the risk of your health. It's That's like, not what I, I advocate. But I feel like if these are things that you want to do for yourself, if mm -mm. you want to take that risk, do you. But so why does she I, feel like blue was better than her own brown I eyes? don't know why, girl. I don't know why. But Colorism. So you know, but she you know what? Tiny is already security. biracial. Her mo her mother's so white. What? Her she father was black. black. True, true. But listen, hey, you know she's it's already like, biracial. So because society, like you know, when you look at when, like I said, capitalism and democracy and how it breaks down, it's all embedded in politics and television. And what is when you look subtle at, or what is what it seems more pleasant, right? what seems more amicable, or what what's more pleasing. When you see that, like, you know, black boys, they grew up thinking that lighter or white was more attractive because that's all they seen on television back in the day. Right. True. And then now they all they entertainers. That's what they be fucking talking about. And they fucking the people that they look up to. And then black women, you know, black girls, we grew up thinking, oh, a certain hair texture was better. Or, you know, that good hair comment that, you know, I'm pretty I don't know if your family talked about it. I know when I grew up, they were like, oh, you got good hair. What the fuck is good? Right. Hair? And in the in the South, I feel like we I mean, we definitely get into that type mm -hmm. of stuff. And we'll get into that more. But yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's why we, uh, you know, we perm my hair at a young age kids I, I, you say permanent hair at five i still right i still perm my hair i mean my hair short i, I perm my hair because i you know it's got to be manageable i got to be able to you know get it with the curling iron or my stylist so you know oh okay well, i ain't judging you I ain't right judging you. i ain't trying to say that you got colorism issues you know right trying to say all that but you know Right, but that's why we do it. I feel you. That's why we looking up, and that's why we all got lace front wigs too. Sure. Well, I don't know about you know different. Sometimes we don't want to do our hair. I know, but you know, it's it's hard being natural. Sometimes we don't want to. Sometimes we want to diversify. But that's another subject. True. You know, us women, we we do like to diversify our bonds for sure. And then we look at we have like things like light skin privilege. You think that there is such thing as yes, light skin privilege? It definitely is. It is definitely what, is. What are some examples of light skin privilege? Well, look at the justice system. Look at the people that's getting incarcerated. The black. Look how you they don't stereotype. Think it's no light skin. It's black light skin, people. but when they single out, they're they're going to look at darker skin complexions. They're going to look at that big black man as being oh he's dangerous, more menacing. Look at the dude that got killed in um New York, or Eric Garner, the one that got killed in. Louisiana, Alden, uh, Alton Sterling. Um, and, you know, that just hit home because it's just like, damn. Yeah, they look at us as, you know, being more violent or... We automatically get stereotyped to that. What are some other examples, though, that where, where we're like, okay, light skin privilege, like, was like a win for them there? Like, like, even when you look in corporate America, look at job. Look at job growth. Like, we were talking about the different stereotypes, how they have towards the darker skin. They may be, you know, maybe more intimidated with hiring the darker skin person compared to a lighter skin black person. 
especially if you can pass and be both. But like, look at all our entertainers. Man, I mean, even like Chris Brown. Like, and if you're talking about you only mess with women with the nice hair, it's like, well, they're going to automatically assume like, all right, so when you say nice hair, are you saying like somebody that's like biracial? That's what he's saying, girl. That's what most black people say. That's just well known in our community. So right, I understand why is. people act like that's not what he's that, fucking saying. You know saying. what? That's, that's what he's saying. I feel like, for, and that's crazy. Because why would he even mention that statement? Because that's something that we use. In the South, I, I feel like we, I feel like it's crazy because I feel like in the South, those notions and those ideologies are more prevalent. But it's crazy because when we come up here to even the East Coast, we see them present too. They, they are. The they're thing. very present. But they're not that. They're like, what they do here is like, oh, Spanish women, Lat Latina yeah, women. You, but, you know, they do also call out black girls because look at rappers like ASAP Rocky. When he was talking about old oh, dark skinned girls shouldn't wear red lipstick, like what the fuck? Well, like he's dark skinned himself, and he's from, New York. And he from New York, and like, he, tons of Northerners like do. He like, shouldn't tell a woman what she should be doing. He shouldn't be wearing them damn braids in his head. He shouldn't call himself pretty young Flacco or run around with uh press outs. <laughs> You know, it's, shit. It's been a list of artists like who have like started colorism conversations among. Uh, Tory Lanez is somebody else. He was. I saying, heard he was lying, girl. Right, I did too. Mm -hmm. But he was talking about oh, the director they wanted to mm -hmm. use a lighter skin woman, but I want to use I a black was, mm. skin woman or a darker skin woman. I heard he was doing that for clout. And maybe some of these people mm. are doing things for clout, too. Well, they've been doing it for a long time. Lil Wayne been doing this shit for a long time. Kevin Hart, uh, he was joking, but I don't think that's cool. You know, I still don't think that joking shit is cool. And um, what's that? Steflon, the Don, that, uh, is that her name? The little rapper girl? The uh, Caribbean Steph rapper girl? London. Whatever her name is. Uh, she did that shit, too. She said, like, she had a Twitter, I think it was a while ago. I mean, it was two years ago, saying if dark-skinned girls... Um, if they had a chance to be light, they would have uh painted their painted themselves light. I was like, what the oh. fuck? Like she said shit that Queen, what's her name? Queen, she said shit to her ass was talking about calling women nappy headed, uh whatever that they was picking on her. Like that she already used the word nappy, like to compare towards a negative. So, like, you know, that's already her mindset that if you have nappy, kinky hair, it's a negative. And then we had Lil Boosie. I interviewed him back in the day in college, too, because he all his songs about red bones. And I asked him, I was just like, oh, so, you know, I noticed all your songs about red bones. What about the dark skinned woman? I was like a young college kid. So he said, he was like, I got a preference. I date all women, but I have a preference. But look at his kids. But anyway, um, Kodak Black with his statements, Hazel E, the list continues. Like, our entertainers, they're even fucked up. They got influence. So, yeah, I definitely feel like colorism in the South and the North, like, look different. Like, here is different. Like, we have, like, it's colorism in a sense where... You know, people that come from Latin countries, like, say, a Dominican Republic, like, they don't acknowledge the fact that, you know, these countries like Puerto Rico, like, DR and other, like, islands, like, they were a part of that 
African diaspora and the slave trade. Mm. And the fact that they won't recognize it, I don't know if that's more of a nationalism issue, you know, with them just being proud mm. of their country, their no. islands, or where they're from. But they're it's like they choose not to recognize that. And then even here, they like... Colorism, they got colorism issues, girl. They, they do. They don't like being black. They don't like being associated with black and all that shit. Because, I mean, I feel like all around the world, it's not just here in the States. It's other countries. Heck, you hear about the... Okay, so what was going on in DR and Haiti? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they're on the same... They share the same island, essentially. Yeah. One has one half and the other has another. And, you know, the Dominicans, they're trying to eradicate Haitians there. And at one point they were like, you know, pretty much like abusing them, kicking them out, you know, even if they were born there. And so they say that that's a thing between those countries. It's like, if they can act like that towards their own, essentially kinsmen, (laughs) you know, how, like, how can we expect them to act different to the rest of the world? Yeah, I just think that, like, my family, you know, my dad's side, they Dominican. Mm. So, every Thanksgiving, I go to Long Island, and they have hair kinkier than my ass. And mm. they just don't want, they can say nigga, they can say all this shit. Nobody, but, like J- like Dave Chappelle says, everybody wants to be a nigga, but nobody wants to be a nigga. Yeah, and they don't want to be called, they don't want to be called black. I'm like, but you can, you can be in black culture and love black fucking culture. And you could be in black face. Black face, pretty much. You know, you got the hair texture. We got, you know, but you don't want to be called black because, you know, people look down upon being black. Not or all you of speak y'all. speak Spanish, but, yeah. but, you know, that's... Shit, I was even treated, mistreated. I think I talk about the shit. I was mistreated Um, recently. It was like... uh. Uh, in the Bronx mm. was the Bronx or was it like Harlem Spanish Harlem it was somewhere I went to a club oh I remember yeah this. I went to a club and it was no black people it was a, like an all Dominican club you were like in Washington Heights though right I don't even, I don't remember you but, were uptown and I had on um shorts short club shorts heels high heels and I had on a bralette. So basically my boobs was out. I got big boobs, but it was a club and I was looking sexy. I was looking like a bad bitch. So I look behind me in line and it's bitches that have swimsuits on. They don't have no fucking clothes on. <laughs> so I'm chewing on an empanada. The man says, starts yelling at me, you can't have no food in the club. Okay, mm. sir, I'm going to throw the food out. Okay. So I go back to the front of the line. He's like, you're against dress code. He just wasn't feeling you. I'm like, how the fuck am I against dress code? Like, the, you know, I'm looking like a bad bitch. And he's like, oh, your chest. So literally, luckily, I had like a, a, a tank top. So I had to go across the street, put on a tank top wow. and get in line to get to the club. And I was already in a VIP. And then I walked in. It was no black woman. Me and my homegirl and my other homegirl, it was only three of the only three black girls at the entire club. Mm. This is the same event where I met, uh, where I, um, it was Carmelo Anthony and the guy that just got traded to the Lakers. They were at. So, you know, because I think Carmelo is like Dominican or something like that. Mm. But I'm like, well, damn. So I was just like, you know what? I don't have no time for this shit. 
But you know, I was only there because I was in VIP for free. But yeah, so they <laughs> they they say that here from clubs, strip clubs. Cardi B talked about that shit. Yeah, and even in the strip clubs, you know, they don't want darker skinned women. They want fairer skin or what they view they don't as want exotic. Black women. I don't even know if they want black woman, period, up here in New York. Like, have you been to a strip club with black girls like that? I I have seen some black girls at some clubs. What strip club was this? Were they Spanish or black? I think they were black. Was that the one with Decent? Was that the one in Brooklyn? Mm. They closed that shit down. I I went to a re a one recently. They had some black women. You was at that there. ratchet shit? Oh, hell to no. What you mean? The one in Brooklyn? Where is it? The one off of Nordstrand. <laughs> Guys, all the listeners, if you live, if you visit to New York or you live in New York, it's a, it's a ratchet ass strip club. It's literally. You been to it? I never been there. I walked past it. I was. I, I didn't even know it was. You know what? It looks like so, somebody's house. They stripping so, somebody's house. Listen, no, it's not. It's a club up there. I mean, it's not a club. It's just, you know. But I literally did not. I've walked past this for years and I never knew what it was. And then one night I was walking, I was with my homie and um, they told me what it was. And they were like, well, you want to go? And we went in there. And. um. I never, but yeah, they they had black dancers, but what they look like? Mm, yeah, right. I've seen better. That's talent. how they think we look. That's how they be thinking we look out here. No, I've just no. It's not even that. I've Step seen better talent wise. Oh, okay. But I, I mean, they, you know, they had some attractive women, but talent wise and the well, dance ain't talent in general in New York. I've been to the, you know, the one in Queens. It's a strip club in Queens, y'all. I've been to a, I've, I've, it's only one. I think it's the only one that they got now. Because they closed down the strip clubs a lot here. I feel like they have. They, they don't know how. They they just literally they got poles and the girls don't really be dancing. They be doing lap dances. I've and been shit. to some where they. Well, I I've been. I have been. Well, Sin City. Um, I think I've been to. They like closed that down. Perfections when they did have that. See, they closed all the strip clubs. Cityscapes, Riviera. Girl, you a strip club? Uh, no, I, I, you know, <laughs> no, 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 no. This is throughout the years. It's been spread out. It's been spread out. But you know what? But like you're saying to your point, a common thread. They don't have a lot of like. They're not gonna have a lot of darker skinned black women. They're not because they're not Atlanta. You know, but Atlanta maybe. Shit, they will. It's different. It's, it's weird. Atlanta's supposed to be Chocolate City, but Atlanta, yeah. it's not Chocolate City like that. It's but. weird. <laughs> Dude, in the South, it's like they got the strippers, the black strippers, and the darker strippers in the South. Up North, they don't. If I they don't, do, you, you know, they may. Well, it's because. It's very few. It's weird. It's because. It's because. You know why? Because if they're going to go, if they're going to, like, promote a woman of color, they're going to always go for a Latina at that yeah. point because they know that, you know, Caucasian white men are going to be attracted to it. Asian men, like, they feel like they have a more universal well, white appeal. white men attracted to black strippers because they be, shit, I'm going Yeah, strip but if, if you probably took a poll as far as Latina and as far as that, you know, they may know. view that as more favorable. About, I don't know We got to take man. a poll then. I got to take a poll of Listeners, that shit. Listen in. You know, what, what's the poll? But, you know, I went to a strip club uh, in Queens, 
it's Starlets. That's mm. it. That's the strip club I've I went to. I've been there before. So it's like mostly Spanish girls. It was like two black girl strippers out of all the Spanish girls. They thought I was a fucking stripper. Oh, you know, no, it was kind of no. embarrassing because I had no clothes on. Mm. So um, the, one of the black girls became friends with me. She was like, girl, I almost thought you were here. I was like, no, bitch. I ain't half naked <laughs> like <don't>. your ass. <laughs> so she had a whole conversation with me. She was like, she was in a section, you know, trying to give a guy a lap dance. And he said, ew. And I was like, what wow. the fuck he said ill? And she was a she was a bad bitch. I was like, why he say ill? He was like, I don't dance with black, dark skinned strippers. Oh. So I'm like, oh, he tried the fuck out of you. So I had my homeboy, because he was there. I told him only pay her, only pay the black strippers. So like my homeboy just gave her some a stat, basically. Right. So we have so you have situations like that here. Mm-hmm. But at home, like in the South, like I just remember like for years, like and this was really like prevalent, like, you know, back in the fifties and like even earlier, like we had stuff like paper bag, like mm. the paper bag test, like are you lighter than a paper bag? And if you were lighter than a paper bag, you know, or almost consider passing or you were fairer skin, you were looked at differently. You were held in a higher regard. So I feel like that permeated in the Southern culture, you know, more than anything, you know, and, and that's why we got to thinking like, Oh, well, one way is better because we actually literally had a paper, uh, Paper bag test. Like we were putting brown paper bags to our skin and measuring, you know, they had the culture of the passing. It's like, all right, well, if you got a little black in you and you can, you know, be passing and maybe your white jeans are more dominant, you had that. And then you even had the exoticizing of like the biracial, um, biracial people, men and women, Mm. um, you know, that were, a lot of them at the time were products of like slavery, mm-hmm. you know, the, the slave master and, you know, mm-hmm. a slave. And now they have terms, mulatto. Mm. They had uh quadroon. They had octoroon. Girl, they, I don't know all that shit. They, those were like to describe How like. You know all this shit? I read books. Oh, what type of shit? I read books when I was a kid. But um, but yeah, mulatto is half and half. Quadroon is like a quarter black. Like octoroon was like an eighth black. So this is these were the things that they were calling them, like octoroons. That sounds like a shape. That's some sad <laughs> shit. That's crazy. But I rape our black woman and, and call people fucking names and shit. Right. So you know. For a long time, like, I see why, like, in our culture, like, I see, like, where the confusion comes from. And we've been fed these ideologies from, like, our onset, our our history here. So we can't help but kind of see it played out into what's going on in today's society. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I just feel like we as a community and we as a people, we have to do better. We see these things and we know it, but then we pass it off and we're like, oh, these are our preferences. No, I want to date a tall man versus a short man. That is a preference. Mm-hmm. But me simply saying like, I'm only going to date fair skinned black men like that. That's almost discriminatory. It's like open yeah. yourself up. I like I get this preferences, but I feel like we have to stop passing things off. It's just that. And sometimes we just got to call stuff out what it is so that's gonna kick it off to our grits pick of the week and so this week our grits pick is actually going to Corey Goff 
And Corey Goff, she's actually uh, the 15-year-old sensation that made one of the most memorable Wimbledon debuts when she recently won against Venus Williams. So she, yeah, so she's progressing. She's doing her thing, and she's only 15 years old. Yeah. Like everybody beat no sisters lately. The other girl beat. Well, listen, I, I, I love it. I just love to see more black women or just more people, women of color, just out there and just winning period. And so she went in young. So 15 years old, she born in Florida, you know, raised in Atlanta. Her father is her coach. Damn, everybody's father is a coach. Right. And what my daddy should have been my coach for <laughs> get me a great job, a great career shit. And what's cool about her is both of her parents are also Southern born. Her father used to play for, I want to say it was Georgia State. He played basketball. And her mother also, I think, was an athlete as oh, well. So she comes from an athletic family. Shout out to her, to Corey. I can't wait to see her do more like remarkable and great things. So shout out to her. So let's go to bless your heart. So this week I'm blessed my heart from all the colorism conversations that mm. we had to Chris Brown. Mm. My whole take on this whole situation from, you know, saying like what we mentioned earlier with the whole good hair comment, we all know what good hair means in the black community. It, good hair to everyone. We all know that connotation of that. And we all know what type of woman he dates. So we all know that he's looking at kinky for C, for A, for B hair as negative. I feel like I have good hair. I know. I got good hair too, shit. And I just feel like, you know, with him being in a position that he is, like I said, he's a position of influence. Um, Some kids, they do look up to him despite, you know, his. But he's not a role model. He's not. I mean, people look up to him, though. Um, people, it's a lot of. Unfortunately. I mean, shit. And then it's like white people, they listen to him, too. So it's just like, if you're a black person, even mentioning good hair, even mentioning anything like that, talking about that, then white people are going to be like, oh, what does that mean? Look at, oh, damn, our own black man look at us. They've been looking like that, you know? But for sure, my thing is just like, I feel like, yes, you're an artist, express your art, do all that. But my thing is don't alienate half of your fan base because women of all walks of life and shapes, they follow you, they're listening to you, they're streaming your music. So when you single out or when you say one particular thing, like, and then not only do you say that, but then when people, you know, point this out, like you're almost antagonizing them, ridiculing them i would say to chris brown to humble himself because this is not the first time because i'm not a huge fan of his anyway i think he's immensely talented but sometimes i feel like people's drama can outshadow their talent and i feel like in in this case he's one of those people he just does a lot of things that i just feel like are just not helpful to his campaign but you know to to add insult to injury just you know his reaction to it it's just like he had an album that just dropped so i'm i'm curious to see what those numbers look like yeah, i don't and, know and and what it looks like for him well you know tokyo the rapper tokyo said he on that shit she said he on every part everybody's of, been know, saying coke, that. all that shit everybody's he look like he's been on that shit i mean he might be on some. i'm shit. just like you don't do people like that especially when you had to beg for redemption 
you had to beg for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I do remember a couple of years ago when he was on the BET stage and he was pleading and he was crying and he was sobbing and doing all this stuff because, you know, people weren't, they weren't with him because of what had happened between him and Rihanna. But, you know. Who his publicist? My thing is, don't his have publicist, no publicist is trash. Child. I'm like, if I was your he, publicist, he I would have like been like, hey, you need, I would have been made him make a statement or I would have made a statement on his social media and clarified, oh, I did not mean good hair as in this. I, I meant think, good hair honestly, as in healthy hair. That's all he had to fucking Chris say. Chris Brown has been a star for over a 10 year period. Do you honestly think that there's somebody that can reel him in? I don't even think his own mama can reel him in. Oh, shit. Mm-mm. Well, exactly. So on that note, we're going to actually leave off on something positive, which is the thought of the day. And uh, this week's thought of the day is from the iconic Bob Marley, short and sweet. Love the life that you live and live the life that you love. You know, sometimes it's hard, but, you know, listen, you got one life. And so you can only live yours. So be sure that you're loving it. So thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of Grits in the City podcast. Check us out next week for all brand new episode as we'll definitely be keeping this spicy. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. You can even check us out on YouTube and other streaming platforms. And be sure to visit us at www.gritsandthecitypodcast.com. Join our mailing list on Facebook.com. And hey, don't forget to tell your friends and family. All right. All right peace, peace, y'all.